Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. And I'm going through the book of Gospel of John. We are now in chapter 8. And this chapter 8 also is very strong and deep. And I pray that the Lord will give you insight in all that transpires in this chapter 8. So that you can see that the Lord Jesus Christ manif manifested many things. He actually told us many things in this chapter 8 that is strong and that we need to take to heart. When we get to the discussion, we see that because in the confrontation between the logical and the Jews is when he was also revealing some deep mysteries about himself that we need to learn. If there was no confrontation, it should just be teaching, teaching. If they are just assimilating it, we must try to get the detail. But when they confronted him with accusation, with things that look like they are, he throws some things in whom he is. And they didn't accept it, but. Uh, if they are also coming, maybe he wouldn't have been saying it at that time, it would not be part of the teaching. Let's go on to chapter 8 because this is another episode that Apostle John reported. Verse chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple. Now, you can see this is very close to the last phase, the last phase of his uh, going back and forth in, in uh, Judea to Galilee. Look like he was now in the last part of it. I mean, last part where because he was saying he was in the he was in the went to the mountain of Olives and then coming to temple. It's almost like the last few weeks before he before he was going to be crucified. But that, let's continue. And then in the morning he came again to the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. Now you can see that none of the other apostles reported this episode. The John Apostle John reported it. Because maybe to them it doesn't look because just this one doesn't look like a miracle to them, so they are not reporting it as a miracle. It doesn't look like a teaching, so they don't necessarily that it's a teaching. But Apostle John reported it because the confrontation between the Jews and the Jesus Christ. That's what Apostle John was reporting it. Because here they brought a woman that they say was caught in adultery. The scribes, verse 3, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, right into the temple. That they brought the woman to meet the Lord Jesus in the temple where he was teaching. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, I'm the rabbi, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act, so we don't need any, who is the, where is the witness? We caught her ourselves. That's what they mean, in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what, what says thou? They are trying to trap Jesus. Because they have been hearing that he's saying that Moses told you this, but I'm telling you this. Almost like, what? You are changing the law of Moses? Moses told you this, but I'm telling you this. What? You are changing the law of Moses? Moses that they have elevated that he is almost the second to God. He gave us this law. And you come and say, Moses told you this, but I am telling you this. <sighs> That was how they were confronted. And so now they saw and they say, well, this woman was caught in adultery. Moses said we should stone such a person. 
Well, let's go ask him. Since he always telling us that something to be confronting, to conflicting with what Moses said. Let's see what he's going to do about this one. So that's why they brought this woman into the temple to go and meet the Lord, the master where he was preaching. God is well, this man that I've been talking to our Lord, this man that I've been talking to these people that they don't classify as holy people, they, they said that they're talking to the, 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 the publicans, the, the publicans, they are the people that are collecting taxes. And to the Jews, those people that are collecting taxes for the Romans are, to them, sinners. Because they are collecting taxes, they are amassing money from their own uh, people. So they think they are sinners. So they said that the publicans and sinners and the outlaws are the only Jesus Christ is preaching to. The Jews and the Pharisees will never talk to those people because they have condemned them to hell. Whether they did say, actually, I have not even accepted, I have not gone to heaven yet. But they are condemning them because they hide their own secret sins, small sins, and condemn the other people. So, so they saw this one that said, oh, well, if Jesus Christ is always talking to those people that are sinners like that, maybe what will he say about this one that we caught in real sin? Let's see what we say. So they brought this woman to, to the temple and said, well, let's see, well, let's see what you say, because he has been, seems to be opposing or saying what Moses tells us to, to do is opposing it. So let's see what he will say about this one. So they want to ask you say, but six said, this, they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. They are looking for a way to accuse him that say, well, we found something that he did or he said so that we can accuse him. But Jesus stood down with his finger, wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Now, nobody knew what he was writing. Maybe as they were talking, he saw it could have been a vision. That's what we, many people believe that he probably has seen a vision of every person that was standing there that wanted to store this. Maybe he saw the vision that this one has done it. This one has done it. That one has done that. And he started writing them down with his fingers. Not that he's not, not in the sand, because I don't think there was sand in the temple. But somehow he was writing something on the ground that perhaps maybe they were able to see the thing he was writing, but they didn't. The Bible didn't say they were. He he wrote on the ground as though he had them known. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a, cast a stone at her. Now that is the law. Because if they wanted to follow the law, number one, they brought the woman that was caught in adultery. They didn't bring the man. So which perhaps could be many things. Maybe they set this thing up. Maybe they set this thing up to kill the woman. Who knows what uh, have been going on before. Sometimes wicked people do that. Maybe they were themselves uh, been trying to get... To, 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 to commit adultery with this woman, the woman refused, and they found somebody that, and then they cursed the woman and said, Well, we caught you now, we're going to kill you because you are doing it. But they let the man go. Because the they said it's like that. But the woman that was brought couldn't defend herself because she was, she was guilty also. She was guilty. So, but Jesus Christ started writing something on the ground. Maybe he was writing the sin of all these people that are also trying to kill this woman. So he wrote their sins perhaps on the ground and then said, well, anyone that is without sin, that's what the law said. If you bring somebody, the one that is going to accuse him is the one that you stone him first. His blood will be upon his head. So, well, if you are the one that's going to stone her first, you have to be without sin also. Not so. 
It is anyone that has not committed adultery. So many of them will have said, well, I have not committed adultery. I can start the story. He said, anyone that is without sin, adultery is a sin, homosexuality is a sin, stealing is a sin, all these offenses are all sins. So he said, anyone that is without sin should be one to cast the first stone. Well, nobody could do that because all of them know they are sinners. So he said, God is not judging by the weight of your sin because to God, every sin is a sin. Even disobedience is a sin. If you disobey God in what thing, you are just as a sinner. So that's why God is forgiving the whole world. Bible says God is not imputing our trespasses unto us and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Let's read that in the in the in the gospel of uh, Second Corinthians chapter five to see the mercy of God, how God has Forgiving the whole world of their sin and is asking you to come back unto him. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 16. Verse 18. Let me read from verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. 17. All things are passed away, all things have become new. But it is all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God is reconciling us to himself. To verse 19 is what I'm going to. With God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So all the, our, our sins, God said, I'm going to just overlook those sins and Ask you to come back to him. That is, he is not imputing our trespasses unto us and is calling us to reconciliation. Oh, what about that man that killed somebody? Because if that man will come back to God, God will forgive all those sins. What about this woman that was caught in adultery? If that woman will turn back to God, God will forgive all those sins. Whether it's the big sin or the small sin of just telling lies, little lies, dirty jokes, God said he will forgive all of those also. The Bible said, Anyone that offended in one has offended in all, has broken all the law. Because he that said don't steal is the one that said don't kill. If you don't kill, but you are stealing. If you don't kill, but you steal, but you are lost. Then you see, that you are not covet. Then you are just as guilty as the one that has murdered somebody. So the Bible said, we have to just come back to God. He will forgive our sins. So God was in Christ reconciling the whole world himself. Not imputing our trespasses unto us. So which means he forgive the old one and say, now come back to me and take my son Jesus Christ into you to change your inside and then you will be acceptable before God. So if you don't take Jesus Christ into you, then your sins remain with you and you go to a lake of fire. But if you take Jesus Christ, he will change you and you will become a holy person and you are forgiven of all the former offenses and all the past new or any new one that is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that is what the Lord plan is. So that's why he told anyone that is without sin is to cast the first stone. Verse 8 of Gospel of John chapter 8, verse 6, and again he stood down and wrote on the ground. And they which were had it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, what are those thy accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. 
And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Where the king is at verse 11, is the Lord is saying, Go and sin no more. That is for the woman. If she go, if she goes out and go back and do the thing again, the same people will go and grab her. Now they won't be taking her to, to the to the rabbi or to the to the Messiah. They will just stone her. So you can she can be crying that you also are sinner. That doesn't they don't care. They will just stone her. So he said, go and sin no more. Because the only thing is sin no more. So Christ is forgiving all your past sins and so he's going to change your heart. But it's only after he was resurrected that he is now changing hearts by the Holy Ghost that is given to us. That you have to go and sin no more. That's repentance. Verse 12. Now, this is where Christ continues his teaching to those people that are in the temple. Then speak Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall see, shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, see, they were still there, they are still around, they were now offended because they were, I can see that the Pharisees were offended because he let that woman go and not allow them to stone the woman. So they were offended, but uh, he kept on teaching and they are now going to be confrontational. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Now Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So the Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. So now they are being confrontational right now. But Jesus Christ was going to address that. He said, Jesus answered and said, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself and the Father that sent me bear witness of me. Well, that's a, that's a mysterious passage that said, I am not alone, myself and my Father my father be here with me, I am bearing with myself, making two people. So you have a, you have to witness. At the mouth of two people, everyone should be established. Who are the two people? Myself and my father. So they are going to say that's like a like a iron also. But uh, the Lord is is uh, is telling the telling them something that they that that is amazing. In the court of law, can you use that in the court of law and say, I have two witnesses, sir? And you just say, Who are your two witnesses? Myself and my dad. He said, well, bring your dad. <laughs> and he said, my father has said, has been a witness me. See, the voice speaks and said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. That's the witness. He said, you heard that on the, on the day that I was being baptized. But he said, well, we are not there. But he said, he spoke. Verse 19. Then said they unto him, where is your father? See, these people that are in the temple, say, well, he said, your father, where is your father? I know they, they are not, he's not talking about Joseph, who was by that time. I think Joseph, the husband of Mary, was dead by the time Jesus Christ. That's why we assume that he was dead by the time Jesus Christ started preaching, because he was now the head of the house. That's why Mary was, wherever he was living, Mary has to, and the, the brethren were living there with Jesus. That's because Joseph has already passed on. Now, here in verse 19, he said, Where is your father? Jesus answered and said, you neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. This word spake Jesus in the treasury 
as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he said, Whither I go, ye cannot come. He said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, That ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, Ye shall die in your sins. Now, this is amazing because he said, I am he. They said, Who are you? They're going to ask him. And that's what he said. Then said they unto him, Who are you? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, He said, I am the light of the world, which is the Messiah. That's what he was saying. If you don't believe that I am he, I am the light of the world. He said, You will die in your sins. Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, from the beginning of this conversation, that's what he said in verse uh, 12. I am the light of the world. You that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. And I say, Well, you are testifying of yourself. Your testimony is not true. He said, I am he. I am the light of the world. The Messiah is the light of the world. You know the Messiah is the light of the world. And they are not trying to accept him as the Messiah. Verse 26 says, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. So the Lord is always referring to the Father, that he is the Father that is speaking through him. Verse 27, they understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Verse 28, then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not let me alone, for I, I do always those things that please him. Now that should be our motto also as believers. We are to do always those things that please the Father, that please God, that please our Lord Jesus Christ. That should be our motto. If we have that and we always do those things that please the Father, we are on the right path. Because Christ in us is the only way we can please the Father anyway. And we let the logical live his life through us. We have to let the logical live his life through us. Then we will be pleasing to the Father. He said, I do always those things that please him. Now, in verse 20, the Lord said, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, he's talking about crucifixion. So then you will know that I am here. He's more or less defining everything to after he has been crucified and resurrected. So that's when they will know. Of course, that's when many of the Jews turn back to him. Not those that were already condemned, but many of the Jews turned back to him after he resurrected. Some of them begin to believe that this thing is real. Verse, verse 30, and as he spake these words, many believed on him. Verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believe on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, you see, there's a crowd, and the Lord was preaching to them. When he preached, some people will nod their head on this side that, yeah, they, this one is true. They are believing. That's what he was saying. So he saw those people that are believing. Why these people are confronting him? These people are just blank. Yeah, some people that believe, and he said, well, they are, they are nodding their head, means that they are believing. He said, he has to address that. You have to continue in my word, not just today. It's going to have to, we have to keep following me. You have to keep following. That's what he said, continue in my word. Then you are my disciple in the day. You will know the truth that he is going to teach you more. He's going to teach you more. That's the truth. And the truth shall make you free. 
So he's telling us exactly that when you say not just say, I believe, but you don't read the Bible, or I believe in him, but you are not following the precepts of the word of God that we are teaching you. You have to keep growing. That's what he's teaching us also by that expression. Not just to the Jews you are talking to that day, even we that are following. Don't just say, Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but you don't even read your Bible. You don't take time to pray. So just believing is not enough. You've got to follow. That's why he said, You are to continue in my word. That's what he said. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And to be a disciple of Christ, you must first believe in him, that is the Messiah. Then follow his teaching. Search the scriptures. Listen to him, pray to him. That's the disciple. You are talking to him, he's talking to you. That's the disciple. So then you shall know the truth, then he will reveal more to you. And the truth shall make you feel the truth that he has saved us from our sins. Is the, truth. the truth that he has healed our body. And we can live above sin, above sickness, above death. And he is going to teach us more. To, that is the truth. You will know the truth. The truth will make you free. Free from what? That's what they are going to question him on that. Because we need to be free from sin. And free from sickness and diseases. And free from even physical death. Because those are all the package Christ brought. But see, some people are free from sin. They have struggle with overcoming sickness and disease. We have to overcome everything. We have to overcome everything. And he's going to teach us. So that we can overcome this is this, this word that we have to know that we bring us to the fullness of the search of Christ. And that's what he's trying to teach us. Hey, Pastor Tilly. Excuse me. <coughs> now they continue the discussion. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed. And whenever I am bonded to any man, how says thou ye shall be made free? You want to understand what do you mean by you, you shall be made free? Jesus answered and said unto them, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. In short, a slave to sin. The word servant is used, but servant in that generation means slaves. Because they, they can't go, they can't get out of that bondage. The sin is controlling them. Just like slaves are being controlled by their master. And they are not earning any salary. They're just living for the master. So he said, if you are committing sin, you are a slave to sin. Something is controlling you. And he said, the servant or a slave abided not in the house forever, but the son abided ever. But if you are a son of God, you can live forever. The slave is temporary. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free. That is, if the Son of God make us free from this bondage, you shall be free. So that's what he's saying there. What is the bondage? He says sin is a bondage. Sin. People say, well, they just choose to drink alcohol. Anytime they like, they can stop it. Sometimes when they try to stop, they realize they couldn't stop it. That means they were chained to it. Addiction. That's the bondage. See, well, some say, well, alcohol is not bad. Cigarette. Sometimes some people say they just started cigarette smoking for fun. But then they tried to stop and they couldn't stop. Then they know that it's not just for fun, it's bondage. So that's what the Lord is saying that every sin is like that, even adultery. It may look like they started it by just doing it for social something. Now they try to stop, the sin come again, they couldn't stop. They try to stop, the sin come again, they couldn't stop. Something is controlling them again. Now, that's what he says. He says, anyone that sins is a slave to sin. But if the Son of God shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. 
and the servant said that if the son shall make you free, shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Now God is, Lord Jesus Christ is bringing them some, what you call it, uh, indictment right now. He said they seek to kill him. He's not talking to about these few guys that have seen. He's talking about the old rulers of the temple. Whether they are hearing or not, he's telling the crowd that you guys seek to kill me because you guys are don't believe. They're agreeing with the rulers of the temple also. He said, you do the deeds of your father. But Satan said, the answer I said unto Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. See, but now ye seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Now the Lord was trying to die, die, you know, separate them from Abraham because they thought Abraham is our father. So he said, if you are really Abraham's children, you will be doing the deeds of Abraham. Because Abraham didn't try to kill anybody, but you are trying to kill me. That's what he was saying. So he's trying to separate them from Abraham so that they say, well, Abraham is our father. We are the seed of Abraham. They just do not, Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. He's trying to say you have another father that is, that is your holy father, not Abraham. Then said they unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father. Even God is our father. Oh, now they now say God is their father. Also, he said, Even God. So Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Now he's going to tell them the real father that he was talking that is their father. Anyone that is committed, committed sin is the son of the devil. That's what he's trying to say. He said, ye are of your father the devil. Anyone that is trying to kill so the person, he said, you are listening to your father. The devil is your father. Ye are of your father the devil. And the loss of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. The devil was a murderer. He came to that garden of Eden not to be friends with them, to kill them. He was a murderer. And he would play drum to you. You think he's loving you, he's your drummer. No, he's trying to kill you. He's looking for how to kill you. He clapped for you. Satan will clap for you and make you do this and make you think and say, I will put this on your neck, you are the winner. But he's trying to kill you. What he's putting on your neck is still going to kill you. So the devil is a murderer. Don't listen to the devil. So that's why he just got to accuse and indicting these Jews that were not believing him. He said, Ye are of your father the devil, and the deeds of your father ye will do. That's what you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. The devil was a murderer. And abode not in the truth because there is no truth in the devil. There is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. The devil is a liar. No matter what the devil says, he lies. So that's why he says he is a liar and the father of it. See, because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinced me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. So that was indictment that was given to the Jews that were listening, that were not agreeing with him, that were, dis that were disagreeing with him. And then some of them are going to talk back to him right now. 
then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and as a devil. So you can see that the crowd was still mixed, or not that all of those people that are not in their head are saying, Yeah, we believe. And those that are there, they come back and say, Well, you have a, you have a devil. Verse 48 says, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and as a devil. What do they mean by a Samaritan? They are trying to say, You are a mixed blood, you are not a real Jew. But that's how they belittle one another. If they are if they're trying to fight one another, the which one we call the other one, you are you are a mixed blood. You are not a region. Or you are a Samaritan. Look at in the in the in the American society right now when they are talking of uh, politicians. And this man said, This was a rhino means a, a Republican in name only. That's what the word rhino means. They started using that to to insult one another. If this was I'm a Republican, I'm from the Republican Party. But he's opposing this guy. I say, well, you are the Republican in name only, Rhino. And that's <laughs> that is almost like what these Jews were using those days. You are a Samaritan. Means you may be a Jew, but say, when they look, call you a Samaritan, it's like insulting you and say, you are not a pure Jew. You must have a mixed blood. Maybe your grandfather, your great grandfather. So they are insulting one another. So they call you, you are a Samaritan. You're not a religion. That's what he meant by I say we not where I will not right to say you are a Samaritan. And also you have a devil. So the lump so Jesus Christ was not going to address the word Samaritan. He was addressing the word devil. Jesus answered in verse 49, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verse 51 is very important. Very, very I say unto you. If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ throw this Bible, this this sentencing to tell them who he is. That if you keep my saying, you will never see death. Now, they are going to confront him on that also. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou art a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou says, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Are thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? So now they are saying, well, you are saying, if anybody keep your saying, you will never see death. Abraham is dead. All, say, anytime they wanted to confront someone to bring him down, they compare him with their father. You are trying to say you are somebody. Are you greater than our father Abraham or Jacob? Because they know that God has accepted those patriarchs. Now, if somebody is raising up and say, is somebody, they say, are you as great as Abraham? So the people quickly humble themselves and say, no, I'm not. But Jesus Christ is the creator. So he was going to address them in that. He said, verse 54, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Now he's telling them, this your God is my father. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Now, this is a mystery that people couldn't report. What was he referring to? Now, this could mean several things. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Which means... What was his day he's talking about? The day he was preaching right now is the day Christ was preaching to them. 
Abraham was there thousands of years ago, but he is somewhere in the spirit world. And it has been reported that people on the other side can even see, God allowed them to see us or not when he wants to. So God could have shown Abraham the vision of himself walking upon the earth as Jesus Christ. And Abraham knew about the prophecies and rejoiced that, oh, from the line of Abraham, God visited the earth. And that is what Abraham, he was saying, that Abraham, your father, rejoiced to see my name. Some other people have said he meant Abraham was, he was, he, he was uh, when he visited Abraham, and with the two angels and the eight, when they were going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, that, that was the day that he was referring to, that Abraham saw my day. Because that was, he came as a human being then, but it was a temporary, temporary human being, because he didn't stay as a, in front of Abraham as a human being there, permanently. But it's like he showed him his day. So that's another way they have interpreted this. Other people thought when he showed himself to Abraham as a Melchizedek, that could be what he was referring to. But you see, this one I would like to say, all of them are possible, but I would like to say that God, I prefer to say that Abraham saw the vision of the Messiah walking upon the earth. Now that he was walking upon the earth, from the other side, God showed, because people have been seen, have been shown that people that are passed says that are passed they can see us when God wanted to see us. Almost like they go to a, a hall and see what's going on in the, or not. At a particular time, they can see us and see what we, what we are going through. And they are, that's what Apostle Paul was talking about in the book of Hebrew, when he said, "The cloud of witnesses they are sharing us on in Hebrew chapter twelve. So we have explained that to mean." Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. We are foreseeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does is made best be settled. In short, the cloud of witnesses are the saints that have gone up before us, they have gone to glory before us, but they can see us occasionally, not every time, when God wanted them to see us. They can see how we are struggling and resisting Satan and fighting the battle, the battle of the end, and they are sharing us up, sharing us up. That is what the cloud of witnesses means. And we can believe that Abraham also was able to see the Messiah or not when the Messiah was preaching or not. That's why he said, Abraham, your father rejoiced to see my day. And his son was glad. Now, this said, well, verse 17. Then said the Jews unto him, that not yet 50 years old. He said, they are looking in the physical. But Jesus Christ was talking in the spiritual. He said, that not yet 50 years old. And as thou seen Abraham, Abraham that died thousands of years ago, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Now, that blew their mind off. Why? It was God that created Abraham. He said, Before Abraham was, I am. God that was talking to them. They are looking at the physical flesh, but he is God manifesting the flesh. Say, Before Abraham, your father was, I am. Then took the stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. That is the end of chapter 8. You can see it was a deep, deep mystery there that they couldn't understand. They thought he was just ordinary 30 year old person. But he was, the Bible said, Who's going forth has been from of old, from everlasting? That was our Lord Jesus Christ. That Micah was prophesying about him. That the Messiah is going forth has been from of old, from everlasting. He just visited mankind. He just visited mankind. For three and for a few years, thirty something years, and went back to glory. It is God Almighty that came now. You do what to believe because He is the Lord God Almighty. And He said, I am the 
um, the way the truth of the life. No man commands God the Father but by me. I pray that the Lord will open your understanding so that you can see the mystery in this. And we have to continue this some other time. God bless you.